This is Buck Benny speaking. It's 2021. This is the Bing Crosby show, followed by the Dennis Day show, followed by the Mel Blanc show, all from 1946, 47 season. And I just thought I'd come on today and say that I've um, been trying to get Mel's show in better sound quality. I have not been happy with the sound quality with it. The frustration I get is when something like Mel's show sounds like the original recordings were probably pretty good, but one, they kind of blew the meters meters when they were recording it digitally. Two, they recorded it at a very low bit rate. And so the sound quality suffers and you're like, did we have to damage it <laughs> when we digitized it? Couldn't we keep it at least the same quality it was originally in? So as I've been asking around, I found um, someone was willing to share their collection uh, that they have in FLAC, which FLAC is a lossless format. And so I have my Bings in FLAC, and now I have some of the Mel's, about half the Mel's in FLAC. And they're as good a sound as you're ever going to get these shows sounding. So, um, and the Dennis is a pretty good copy of the Dennis show too. So. Uh, what I'll do when I have them all in this higher quality, I'll run them in, because I can't share them in FLAC on a, on a podcast, it won't work. So I will share them in um, MP3, but uh, I'll take it up to 192 mono, which is about as high as I go. That's what I present my gun smokes in and things like that. So anyway, you should notice a difference in sound quality today. And uh, I thought what else I would do is I noticed in this episode of Bing Show, we had a few years ago, one of my guest podcasters did an intro on it. So I thought I'd bring her, you her intro, and then we'll get into the show. Her intro is kind of long. It's about 10 minutes long, but it really does present some nice information. So we'll, we'll do that, and then we'll head off into the shows. I hope you enjoy everything. And uh, we'll see you again. Actually, if you're listening to this in 2021, I'm going to post another episode tomorrow, uh, Thanksgiving Day, that is Bing Crosby Thanksgiving show from 1946 with Judy Garland. So I just thought I would go ahead and bring that to you right away so you can enjoy it during Thanksgiving. So anyway, without further ado, here is Bing Crosby, Dennis Day, and Mel Blanc. I hope you enjoy all three in better sound quality. Stacy, Stacy, Stacy. The jungle lives a life that's free. Ah, watch out for that Welcome everyone to the Bean Crosby Show. Today's show aired on November 20th, 1946. Bean has as his guest, Burl Ives and Lena Romai. Now, as you can see, we've jumped back in time from last week's Bean Show, so let's do a quick recap of Bing's life in 1946. And I've taken this recap from an article written by William Ruhlman, which can be found on allmusic.com. 
As 42-year-old Bean Crosby stepped into a recording studio in New York City on January 22, 1946, he was, as he had been for several years, both the top pop recording artist in the U.S. and the country's top film star, as well as a major radio personality. The new year would bring more of the same. Crosby's recently opened pictures, The Bells of St. Mary's, would have become the top-grossing film of 1946, and his subsequent movies, The Road to Utopia and Blue Skies, would rank in the top five. On radio, he was preparing to end his association with the Kraft Music Hall, only to begin another show under more favorable circumstances. If there were any clouds on the horizon, however, they would have appeared in Crosby's recording career. After dominating the record market in 1943, 1944, and 1945, Crosby just beat out Frank Sinatra's 1946 top record seller. Now, as we can see from this article, Bing has been very, very busy and stopping the charts in all of his endeavors, and he's very, very popular musically, although he is starting to get some competition from the likes of fellow crooners Frank Sinatra and Perry Como. And they joke about that a little bit on the show. Now, Lena Romay is listed as a guest in today's show. However, she seems to be the girl singer that being employed on a show rather than an official guest. There also isn't much information about her online, so I will tell you what little I have found. Maria Elena Lena Romay was a Mexican-American actress and singer. She was born in 1919 in Brooklyn, New York. She was the daughter of Porfirio Romay, and I don't think I pronounced his name correctly, an attaché to the Mexican consulate in Los Angeles. And she was a beautiful woman, and she had a beautiful voice. She did a lot of performances on stage and radio and on TV and in films. And in films, she appeared to always be cast as either the temptress, the vamp, or she was the sweet girl that ultimately lost out to the main female star. Because of her Spanish and English heritage, she was able to sing in both Spanish and English with ease. And like many stars of the day, she could also dance. Now, the most information that I could find out about her comes from lenaromai.com. In 2005, Bill Franco wrote everything that he could find out about her down on the site lenaromai.com, and I recommend going through and, and reading it because it's, um, it's about one page, but it, it covers a lot. And as to her career, she appears to have started her career singing with Horace Heights Orchestra, where she was billed as Josette, a French woman, because, you know, Spanish and French, they're the same. Well... Not really, but they do both come from Latin. And after singing with Horace Hyde's orchestra, she went on to sing with Xavier Cugat's band. In the 40s and 50s, she does a lot of film work. And during the time of this show with Bing, she appears in the film Love Laughs at Andy Hardy. And she's not the girl that gives Andy Hardy but she puts in a really good performance. She's often heard on radio shows in the 40s and 50s, and she actually even had her own radio show. There, however, only appear to be about 10 episodes remaining of the Lena Romay show that are available to the public. It's possible that private collectors 
might have more, but we don't know. These shows appear to have been recorded by the AFRS, and the only date that I could find associated with her radio show is the date of 1953. So that appears to be the year that they were recorded, but we don't have a month or a date for the recordings. Now, Lena's final years were spent in Southern California, where she was active for many years with the Pacific Pioneers Broadcasters Association in California. And they basically would meet regularly and honor broadcast performers of yesteryear. They would meet on a regular basis, and their goal was to help keep the traditions of the broadcasting history alive. She died at age 91 on December 17, 2010, from natural causes in Pasadena, California. Now, I also want to note that there is a Barcelona-born actress who took the name Lena Ramay for her acting career. And this actress, well, she took the name Lena Ramay because she really liked Lena Ramay, and her acting career was mainly in the horror genre or the adult film genre. So if you go online on the internet and looked for Lena Romay, you'll want to clarify that you mean the singer. Although the Lena Romay that appears today is also an actress. She's mainly known as a singer. So when you go online, look for her as the singer, Lena Romay. And be careful when you go into YouTube because I noticed at least one YouTube show that had a song from Lena Romay, the singer, but included a bio, a bio of the Barcelona actress Lena Romay, thinking that they were the same person. So obviously, whoever did that didn't do their homework. But you will know better when you venture into internet land. Now, on to the main guest of the show, Burl Ives. Burl, I have no idea how to pronounce his middle name. It's spelled I-C-L-E. Ickle? I don't know. Burl something... Ivanhoe Ives was born on June 14th in 1909. He was an American folk singer and an actor of stage, screen, radio, and television. Now, he liked to sing as a child, and his uncle once invited him to sing for an old soldier's reunion in Hunt City. And he did a rendition of the folk ballad, Barbara Allen, and just really impressed his uncle and his audience at the time. And... There's not much written about how much he pursued music during the early part of his life. He did go to a teacher's college in Illinois, and he was playing football for them, when apparently one day in the middle of an English lesson on Beowulf, he decided he was wasting his time. He got up and walked out of the school. The teacher made a snide remark as he was leaving the classroom, so he slammed the door, which broke the window on the door in the process. And interesting enough, 60 years later, that school would name a building after their famous dropout. I thought that was kind of funny. So anyway, he, um, this is the late 20s. He tries to get a record deal, so apparently he has been keeping up with his singing, but he doesn't get the record deal. So instead, he becomes an itinerant singer, and he just travels all over the U.S., and he pays his way by singing songs and doing odd jobs. And it's one site I read pointed out that all this traveling allowed him to collect songs from different parts of the country. And so when he was done traveling, he came back and he had done a lot of singing to 
to, to practice his craft, and he also came back with a lot of new songs. So he eventually did stop his traveling. He went back to school in a different state, and he actually eventually even attended the Juilliard School in New York. By 1940s, he had begun his own radio show, and he called it The Wayfaring Stranger, which was after one of his ballads. And over the next decade, he would popularize many traditional folk songs, such as Foggy Dew, and I believe that during his travels, he was actually jailed in Utah for singing that because they thought it was a body song. <laughs> random, random fact. Um, he would also sing the Blue Tail Fly, which you will hear today on the show. He sings Big Rock Candy Mountain, which was an old hobo song. And he also became associated with the Almanac Singers, which was a folk singing group, which at different times included Woody Guthrie, Will Gear, I don't know how to say some of these names, so I apologize if I'm slaughtering them, um, Millard Lample, and Pete Seeger. In 1942, Burl Ives was drafted into the Army, but he appears to have mainly been an entertainer, and he even at one point was switched over to a different branch of the Army before he was honorably discharged for medical reasons in 1943. Now, he would continue with his appearances in radio and in singing ballads, and by 1946, he was cast as a singing cowboy in the film Smokey. So that's about where he is in his career at the time of this recording and being show. So he's very well known for singing ballads. He's got he's had a strong radio background, and his career would continue on, obviously with music. And he actually eventually made the switch from folk singing to country singing. Now, as with everyone, his career did have some difficulties. In the early 1950s, during the Great Red Scare, he was blacklisted. Because he cooperated and testified, he was no longer blacklisted and was able to continue with his career. However, he lost a lot of friends in the process who felt that he basically sold out by testifying. But in any case, his career continued in film, radio, television, and in stage. And he would also write and help to compile several books during his life, either of songs or stories or even his own autobiography. By 1989, he had officially retired, but he would still do an occasional benefit concert. He passed away in 1995 from cancer, which was most likely caused by his love of cigars and pipe smoking. Now today on Bing Show, as I mentioned earlier, one of the songs that he will sing is the Blue Tail Fly song. Now, I had always heard this song as a Jimmy Crack Corn song, and that was basically the part I got in my head. You know, the Jimmy Crack Corn and I don't care. That's pretty much the only parts of the lyrics that I knew. And so listening to it on Bing's show today, I got to hear all of the lyrics, and I admit they surprised me. I hadn't realized what the song was about before. So I looked it up because it also didn't sound familiar to what I'd heard before, and it turns out that the song itself has an interesting history. To cut this history short because it's long, there are many, many different versions of this song. The earliest versions appear in the 1840s, and all of the versions center around the central idea of a slave singing a song about his master's death. Now, speculation abounds about whether or not the slave is sad about his master's death 
or if he's happy about his master's death, or perhaps he even caused his master's death. We just don't know. So there are just oodles of theories about what exactly the song means and even how the meaning of the song may have changed over the years as the lyrics changed and you have come up with different versions. So at this point in time, as you can probably tell, my voice is going. So I will leave you to listen and come up with your own theories. So enjoy the show, everyone. When the blue of the night meets the gold of the day, someone waits for me. This is Ken Carpenter welcoming you to Philco Radio Time, produced and transcribed in Hollywood. With John Scott Trotter, his chorus and orchestra, the Charioteers, Lena Romai, Skitch Henderson, Bing's guest, Burl Ives, and here ready to sing is Bing. Sing Bing. Give me five minutes more, only five minutes more. Let me stay, let me stay in your arms. Here am I begging for only five minutes more, only five minutes more of your charm. All week long I dreamed about our Saturday day. Don't you know that Sunday morning you can sleep late? Give me five minutes more, only five minutes more. Let me stay, let me stay in your arms. Give him five more, only five more. Let me stay, let me stay in your arms. Give him five more, only five more. Only five minutes more of your chance. All week long I dreamed about our Saturday day. Don't you know that Sunday morning you can sleep late? Give me five minutes more, only five minutes more. Let me stay, let me stay in your arms. Give me five more, give me five more. The truck at sank. More. Now for a few seconds more, let's snuggle up to the Philco man. Indeed, yes, Bing, and uh, there's nothing snugger than catching the football play-by-play on Philco's sensational new portable radio. Getting the football games with it is just a breeze. It's the most amazing achievement that war research has produced in portable radios. Twice as sensitive as any other portable, This new Philco 350 uses a brand new miniature tube circuit. Same type tubes as the Army's walkie-talkie. Same kind of circuit Philco used for field headquarters communications equipment. Needs no special aerial of any kind. And its performance is out of this world. But uh, literally, you're almost out of this world at Point Barrow, Alaska, the northernmost village under the American flag. But up there, three Eskimo seal hunters carry a Philco 350 on their fishing kayak. 
traveling by dog sled, one of them slings it around his neck. It's so light and compact. Coming closer home, field tests by Philco engineers prove it far outperforms any pre-war portable. Ask your dealer to demonstrate Philco's revolutionary 350. It's the portable buy of the year and built with the quality that has made Philco famous the world over. I grew and the hands point to that critical moment which heralds another chapter in the trials and tribulations of Iron Man Skitch Henderson. You'll recall that we left our hero flying blind without instruments in the steam room of a Turkish bath, with sufficient petrol remaining for only ten minutes flying. Will he get through with the secret formula for shortening bread? Will he have to resort to the spare gasoline in his cigarette lighter? Let's fly to his side and find out. Thank you for a colorful rendition of Vincent Newman's Carioca. Now, at this point, I'd like to welcome a, a sort of cousin of mine in the Philco family. He's their friendly troubadour, the mighty American ballad singer, Burl Ives. <laughs> 
Hi, Burl. Hello, Bing. So you're filching a little loot from the Philco people, too, huh? <laughs> yep. Fine. How are they treating you? Well, fine, uh, Bing. They sent me one of those new 1201s with one of your Decca records in it. That's so. That's yeah. funny. Hmm. They sent me one with a Perry Como record in it. I know. <laughs> Nothing significant there, I hope. I must phone the phone off the home office, yes. Yeah, that's a good idea. Anyway, Burl, what are you going to warble for us tonight? Well, I'd like to sing a song that was popular uh, before the war between the states. It's a song called The Blue-Tail Fly. When I was young, I used to wait on the boss and give him his plate and pass the bottle when he got dry. And brush away the blue-tail fly Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care My master's gone away And when he'd ride in the afternoon I'd follow after with a hickory broom The pony being rather shy When bitten by a blue-tail fly Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care My master's gone away One day he ride around the farm The flies so numerous they did swarm One chance to bite him on the thigh The devil take the boot-tail fly Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care My master's gone away The pony run, he jump, he pitch He threw my master in the ditch He died and the jury wondered why The verdict was the blue-tail fly Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care My master's gone away They lay him under a simmon tree His epitaph is there to see Beneath this stone I'm forced to lie Victim of a blue-tail fly Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn and I don't care Jimmy crack corn, then I don't care. My master's gone away. That's fine, Burl. Fine. Oh, thanks, Bing. Say, Burl, uh, tell me, do you ever go in for a little harmonizing? You know some of the barbershop stuff. Well, I'd rather sing barbershop, Bing, than eat. Hmm, well, you look like a fellow who's done some fair free loading, too, in your, <laughs> in your time. But what I was getting at, Burl, uh, you know, a little bit after I take care of some business at hand, maybe we could sort of assemble in the staging area, you and I, and sort of blend our lovely voices. I think that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Whatever you get ready, Bing, while you whistle, and I'll come around it. That's fine. Now, if the drop in altitude doesn't give him the bends, I'd like to summon Professor Henderson from cloud number nine. He's going to join me in a song called That Little Dream Got Nowhere. Dreams sometimes run into that kind of trouble, you know. Not too small 
that little dream got nowhere at all. And a kiss in the hall That little dream got nowhere at all I wish my pillow wouldn't tell me What a chance I had And I wish the willow wouldn't whisper too bad too bad Sunday morning papers and a porch with a view that little dream had something and it could still come true that little dream got nowhere without you. country with a song from the picture thrill of brazil the song's title lena a man is a brother to a mule well don't look at my ears just throw it right in there <laughs> Unless she's the kind of woman 
who knows her own Take the advice, amigo Of one who knows Don't be fooled by how he talks Or the upright way he walks Cause a man is a brother to a mule when a man gets contrary a woman had best be wary unless she's the kind of woman who knows her muse now take the advice muchacho of one who's wise cultivate his gentle side cause when you get neath his hide a man is a brother to a muse says go you tell him to go he says no cause a man is a brother to a he may have a dozen ends wear a sporty coat and pants but a man is a brother to a mule to a mule to a stubborn old mule a man is a brother to a mule well done very pretty Lena very provocative the charioteers got trouble tonight. They wish to air a complaint. It has a short title, no soup, but believe me, they develop it fully. Ready, boys? Knock it. Went home last night. Everything closed up. As hungry as I could be. You mean as tired as you could be, old man. Said to myself, I'll have some noodle soup for me. Kind of slippery, ain't it? When I got there, the cupboard was bare. Well, how is old Mother Hubbard? Man, that's a sad affair. Got noodles and noodles, noodles and noodles and noodles and noodles. But no soup. Got noodles and noodles, noodles and noodles and noodles. But no soup. Can't sip, can't drip, can't mop, can't sock. Got noodles and noodles, noodles and noodles and noodles and noodles. Beans for my lima, but no lima. Beef for my bullion, but no bullion. Clams for my chowder, but no chowder. Mock for my turtle, but no turtle. Oodles and oodles, oodles and oodles, oodles and oodles. Disgusting. But no soup. But no soup. 
But no soup can't sip, can't sip, can't drink, can't drink, can't mop, can't mop, can't sock, can't sock. Got poodles, noodles, 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 noodles. I give up. Beans for my lima, but no lima. Beef for my bullion, but no bullion. Clams for my chowder, but no chowder. Mock for my turtle, but no turtle. Beans, beef, clams, mock. Where is my favorite dish? Huh? Oodles and noodles, noodles and noodles, noodles and noodles and noodles. Sick me. But no soup. But no soup. Very lively, very enjoyable. You know, earlier in the program, I threatened to do a bit of harmonizing with Herb Burl Ives here. If that didn't frighten Brother Ives clear out of the joint, I'd like to have a go at it right now. Is he still around? I'm still here, Ben. Good boy. Let's take off. Now, just a minute. What are we going to sing? Oh, I don't know. I... I haven't got any ideas. I'll just stumble along here and you... Stumble along with you? Yeah. I think the folks in the first few rows better move back a little. This vocal blend may produce a <laughs> fine, thin spray. So just <laughs> protect yourself. Where are we going? You going to start it? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you? Take that aim. It's love, love, oh, love, oh, careless love. Love, oh, love, oh, careless love. Love, oh love, oh careless love Can't you see what love has done to me? I love my mammy and my pappy too I love my mammy and my pappy too I love my mammy and my pappy too I'm gonna leave them both and go with you how we doing? <laughs> love, oh love, oh careless love. <laughs> love, oh love, oh careless love. Love, oh love, oh careless love. Can't you see what love has done to me? I'm going down the road feeling bad. I'm going down the road feeling bad. Wait and I'll go with you. I'm going down the road feeling bad. I ain't going to be treated this way. I'm going where the water tastes like wine. Yes, I'm going where the water tastes like wine. I'm going where the water tastes like wine. I ain't going to be treated this way. Philadelphia water tastes like turpentine. Philadelphia water tastes like turpentine. Philadelphia water tastes like turpentine. I ain't going to be treated this way. Who will stir your gravy when I'm gone? Who will stir your gravy when I'm gone? Who will stir your gravy when I'm gone? I ain't going to be treated this way. Oh, two dollar shoes hurt my feet. Take them off, be happy. <laughs> two dollar shoes hurt my feet. Love feels happy. <laughs> two dollar shoes hurt my feet, man. Eh? I ain't gonna be treated this way. Takes ten dollars to fit my feet. High and fancy notions. Ten dollar shoes fit my feet. Can you afford it? Ten dollar shoes fit my feet, man. Eh? I ain't gonna be treated this way. 
I'm way down in jail on my knees. Down upon him praying. Way down in jail on my knees. Dusting both his benders. Way down in jail on my knees. Really praying. I ain't, I ain't gonna, gonna be treated this away. I'm going where the climate suits my clothes. Them clothes? I'm going where the climate suits my clothes. Why, cry, come on, child. Why, climate suits my clothes. Oh, boy. I ain't gonna be treated this away. <laughs> Thank you, Burl. That certainly should open a new field for one of us. I <laughs> uh, thank you a lot for dropping in anyhow. Now, while I go over in the corner and get pumped up again, let's drop in on the, on the Philco man. Okay, Bing, and uh, when you come out, drop in at the nearest Philco dealer. You'll blow your top over that beautiful new Philco radio phonograph he's just received. It's exactly what a lot of you listeners have been pumping up for, too. A handsome console cabinet that really dresses up your living room, gives you everything you wanted in a big radio phonograph combination. A brand new record changer that handles up to 12 records. A rich, resonant tone that makes them come alive with new beauty. And Philco's exclusive tilt front cabinet brings the record changer right out where you can load your records easily. Radio reception? Oh, but the best, including short wave. And wait till you turn up the volume the first time. Oh, brother, that's power for you. Clear, rich, and no distortion. You don't need to know everything they did to this great new radio phonograph back in the Philco laboratories. Just stop, look, and listen. And you catch on quick that this new Philco is the finest automatic radio phonograph at anything like its price. Now, don't take our word for it. Try it out for yourself at any Philco dealer. Tell him you want to see Philco's new radio phonograph console. The newest thing in radio from Philco, the leader. The boat rides we would take The moonlight on the lake The way we danced and hummed our favorite song Things we did last summer I remember all winter long The midway and the fun the Cupid dolls we won The bell I rang To prove I was so strong Things we did last summer I'll remember All winter long The early morning hike The rented tandem bike The lunches that we used to pass We never could explain That sudden summer rain The looks we got when we got back The leaves began to fade Like promises we made How could a love that seemed so right go wrong 
things we did last summer I'll remember all winter long Another Philco Radio time pulls up at the wire. Try and arrange to catch us next week, will you, for another caper? Tune in to Philco Radio time next week and hear Bing Crosby, John Scott Trotter, his orchestra and chorus, the charioteers, Skitch Henderson, and Bing's guest, Judy Garland. This program is produced and transcribed in Hollywood by Bill Morrow and Myrtle McKenzie. Lena Romay appears by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of Undercurrent, starring Katherine Hepburn and Robert Taylor. Dental Cream presents the Dennis Day Show, written by Frank Galen, with Paula Winslow, Dink Trout, John Brown, Charles Dant in the orchestra, yours truly, Vern Smith, and starring our popular young singer in A Day in the Life of Dennis Day. Twice a day and before every date, use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Here's Dennis to sing McNamara's Band. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, me name is McNamara, I'm the leader of the band. Although we're few in numbers, we're the finest in the land. We play at wakes and weddings and at every fancy ball. And when we play to funerals, we play the march from Saul. Oh, the drums go bang and the cymbals clang and the horns, they blaze away. McCarty pumps the old bassoon while I the pipes to play. And Hennessy, Tennessee tootles the flute and the music something grand. A credit to old Ireland, it's McNamara's band. <laughs> oh, what a parade we're having here. It's the grandest parade I've ever seen in all my life. You never see the life of it. Right now we are rehearsing for a very swell affair. The annual celebration, all the gentry will be there. When Eisenhower to Ireland came, he took me by the hand. Says he, I never saw the likes of McNamara's band. Oh, what a band you have there. The greatest thing I've ever seen in all my life. Oh, my name is Uncle Julius, and from Sweden I have come to play with McNamara's band and big debate by drum. And when I march along the street, the ladies think I'm grand. They shout, there's Uncle Julius playing with an Irish band. The drums go bang and the cymbals clang and the horns they blaze away. McCarty pumps the old bassoon while I the pipes do play. And Hennessy, Tennessee tootles the flute and the music something grand. A credit to old Ireland is McNamara's band. It's the grandest and the finest and the most wonderful band that I've ever seen. If you don't agree just, just to be sociable, I'll fight the best man in the house. <coughs> And I'm not long for this world. <laughs> Credit to old Ireland is McNamara's back. Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. No other toothpaste does a better job of cleaning your teeth than Colgate Dental Cream. For Colgate Dental Cream has a safe polishing agent that cleans your teeth both gently and thoroughly, brings out their natural sparkle and beauty. And scientific tests prove that Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Yes, actual scientific tests prove conclusively that in 7 out of 10 cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. Nationwide tests of leading toothpastes prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So try Colgate Dental Cream to bring out the natural sparkle and beauty of your teeth for a wake-up flavor you'll thoroughly enjoy. And use Colgate Dental Cream twice a day and before every date to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. Well, it's late afternoon as we look in at the Anderson Boarding House in Weaverville, where our young hero, Dennis Day, rooms. An afternoon you might think like any other. But if you did, you'd be wrong. For as far as our hero is concerned, it's just about the greatest afternoon of his life. He's just burst open the front door of the Anderson house in a state of wild excitement to come face to face with his astonished girlfriend, Mildred Anderson. Mildred, the evening paper. Is it here? My picture's in it, Mildred. My picture. Your picture? Yeah, for the Weaverville safety campaign to cut down street accidents. You see, some people cross the streets outside of the safety zone, some cross against the lights, some cross diagonally from corner to corner. But why did they take your picture? I was the first person to do everything wrong at the same time. <laughs> oh, so 
that's it. Sure, I'm famous. I've been chosen the pedestrian most likely to decease. <laughs> Isn't it wonderful? Well, yes, I guess so. How long has this safety campaign been going on? Oh, it started this morning. The mayor began it himself with speeches at the corner of 3rd and Elman from the hospital. Gee, two speeches in one morning? Well, it was really one speech continued. While he was speaking at the corner of 3rd and Elm, a car hit him. <laughs> well, the paper's right here. Let's see now. Look, right there, on page one. Read that caption. Um, do you wish to visit a cemetery permanently? All you have to do is walk across the street in the criminally careless manner of Dennis Day, 22, whose photo appears above. That's me. <laughs> At first, Mr. Day was believed drunk or crazy, but it was later learned he walks this way all the time. I'm going to send clippings to all my friends. <laughs> well, they've certainly given you quite a... Why, Dennis! Huh? The picture. It isn't your picture at all. Oh, Mildred, you must be mistaken. But I'm not. Look, your hair's black. This man's a blonde. You're clean-shaven. He has a mustache. You have a small nose, and he has a great big one. And you're wearing a blue suit. He has on a gray one with a dewy button in the lapel. Don't you see? Gee, you're right. It can't be me. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> Of course it isn't you. They ran a picture of another man over your story. Oh, that's a fine thing. I nearly get myself killed and they give someone else credit for it. Yes, I know how you feel. Gee whiz. Well, I'm going over to Aunt Marjorie's house for dinner. I guess I won't see you till tomorrow. Well, okay, Mildred. Darn it anyway. And I was going to use that picture to start a couple of scrapbooks for our children. Oh, gee. Do you really think we'll have some someday, Dennis? Why not? I saw some swell ones for sale at Woolworths the other day. <laughs> well, I'll see you tomorrow, Mildred. Dinner will be ready as soon as Dennis comes down, Herbert. Uh, very well, Poopsie. <laughs> time you had a little talk with your daughter about that young man. Oh, I doubt if it'll do much good. I probably won't get any further with her than I do with you, dream thing. <laughs> well, see that you try. Hand me that evening paper over there on the table, Herbert. Uh, yes, lover girl. <laughs> May I look at my part of it? Here. Thank you. My, the classified ad section is bigger than usual tonight. <laughs> Great Scott. Well, what's the matter? Why, right here on page 18, among the ads, there's a picture of Dennis Day. Dennis Day? What's his picture doing in the paper? Well, listen to what it says, honey. Still missing after four years' search, Schuyler Van Rensselaer, heir to the great Van Rensselaer sardine fortune, pictured above, is believed amnesia victim. You mean... Oh, Herbert, it can't be Dennis Day. It must be. It's his picture. Amnesia. So that's it. I knew no one could act like Dennis does and be normal. <laughs> oh, that poor, unfortunate, dear, sweet, rich boy. Gosh, Dennis Day isn't Dennis Day, the soda jerk at all. He's Skyler Van Rensselaer, who was in the fish business. I knew there was something about that boy. Really? Well, I've stood very close to him, and I never noticed it. <laughs> Read the rest of it, Herbert. Well, it, it, it just says... 
Young Van Rensselaer was born November 17th, 1926. His brother and sister are offering $10,000 reward to anyone successfully aiding him in the recovery of his memory. Ten thousand? Herbert, we've got to bring back that boy's memory. My maternal instincts have been aroused. Yes, I know how you feel. Well, uh, oh, say, I hear him coming downstairs now. Now, I'll handle this, Herbert. You aren't to say one word until I tell you. Do you understand? Very well. Hello, Mrs. Anderson. Mr. Anderson, dinner ready yet? Uh, Dennis, I, uh, I want to talk to you. To me, Mrs. Anderson? Yes. Do you know who you are, my boy? Why, yes, ma'am, I think so. Who? Well, offhand, I'd say I was me. <laughs> no. I'm not? Definitely not. We have proof. Gee, I was so certain, too. Now, Dennis, try to think. Do you remember your father? Oh, sure. He was a relative of mine. <laughs> Did he ever discuss with you what you'd be doing in your later life? Well, let's see. I do remember my father saying he hoped I'd grow up. Yes? That's all. <laughs> we'll try a new tack. What do you know about your birth? Well, I'm pretty sure it happened. <laughs> I don't mean that. Do you remember where you were born? Well, Mother told me it was in a small town out west. Wrong. You were born in a big eastern city. Oh. Well, anyway, it was in 1925. Wrong again. It was 1926. In June? November. Gee, Mother didn't know much about me, did she? <laughs> Herbert, you may take over. Uh, yes, Poopsie. Now, Dennis, <clears throat> I want you to concentrate. Yes, sir, on what? Sardines. Yes, sir. Are you concentrating on sardines? Yes, sir. Now tell me, who is your father? A sardine? <laughs> Poopsie, you may have it back again. I give up. No, wait a minute. Of course. You know how loss of memory is always cured in the movies. A sudden blow on the head. Yeah. Hand me the fire tongs, Herbert. Poopsie, no, you can't. We're not sure he is Skyler Van Rensselaer. So if he's Dennis Day, have I lost anything? No, Poopsie, but there must be another way. If the boy has two selves, we'll bring the other one out. Uh, and meanwhile, let's go into dinner, huh? Yeah, that's a good idea, Mrs. Anderson. Both of me is very hungry. Now, before we continue a day in the life of Skylar Van Rensselaer, here's our young hero, Dennis Day, to sing I'll Never Love Again. I'll never love again If you forget me My heart won't let me Love someone new I'll never dream again How could I go on dreaming If each dream that we made would have suddenly fade in the blue. I'll never thrill again to someone's kiss. For what good would it do? It's you I'll miss. My heart is yours alone. So be careful. Don't break it, for if you ever should, darling, I never could love again. 
Post newspaper photograph, the Andersons are convinced that Dennis Day is really Skylar Van Rensselaer suffering from amnesia. It's the following morning now, and Dennis has left for his job at Willoughby's Drugstore. Meanwhile, Mrs. Anderson is enlisting Mr. Willoughby's aide over the phone in restoring Dennis's memory. But Mrs. Anderson, it's incredible. You're positive it was his picture? Hmm. Well, we've got to restore that poor boy's memory. Not only for the $10,000 reward, but for other reasons, which don't interest me. <laughs> huh? Well, uh, shock sometimes snaps them out of it. I may try that. Yes, you see, shock. Oh, I'll have to hang up, Mrs. Anderson. Here he comes. Good morning, Mr. Willoughby. Who? I, I beg your pardon, sir? Wait, what's your name? Mr. Willoughby, do you feel all right? Of course I do. What's your name? Gee, if you can't remember it, don't go near Mrs. Anderson. She'll let you have it with the fire tongs. <laughs> Dennis, you need help. You've got to recover your true identity of Skylar Van Rensselaer. Yeah, that's what Mrs. Anderson says, too. Well, there's only one way to get that help, my boy. Go to a psychiatrist. You think a foot doctor can help me? <laughs> a psychiatrist is a doctor of the mind, Dennis. And there's a very good one right here in Weaverville. But, Mr. Willoughby, Dr. I'm... Dr. Walsberg has handled cases much more abnormal than your son. One patient of his bit his nails. Dr. Allsberg cured him within two weeks. Well, a person can bite his nails and still be normal, can he? Not when he does it right through his shoes. I know Dr. Allsberg can straighten you out, my boy. Will you go to see him? But, Mr. Willoughby, I'm perf perfectly normal. Honest, I am. Dennis, you want to be heir to a fortune, don't you? Gee, you mean a psychiatrist can do that for me? He certainly can. Boy, that's different. I should have gone to one of those fellows before I ever started working. Splendid. I'll phone him that you're on the way. Come in, my boy. Come right in. Thank you, doctor. Now then, you're the young man who thinks he's Dennis Day. That's your trouble, is it? Yes, sir, and I've got it bad. <laughs> well, we'll soon have you all straightened out. Suppose we get a little of your background, what you remember of it. Yes, sir. Let's go right back to your babyhood. What kind of a baby were you? A boy. <laughs> yes, I know. But was there anything unusual or odd about your babyhood? Well, half the time I couldn't see. Ah, couldn't see? That's right. It was on account of my mother being so nearsighted. Oh, heredity, eh? Oh, no, sir. It was just that half the time she put the rubber pants on the wrong end of me. <laughs> I see. Perhaps we should take uh, a somewhat later age. Say about the time you first became aware of girls. I beg your pardon? Well, you realize there is an age at which young men become acutely aware of girls, don't you? Oh, yes, sir, and I can hardly wait. <laughs> hmm. Obviously schizophrenic. Again, I would like to beg it. Schizophrenic, split personality. Oh. You have submerged your true character, hard-drinking, woman-chasing Van Rensselaer, beneath the assumed character of Dennis Day, who is just the opposite. Do I make myself clear? Oh, yes, sir. It's just that I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> In other words, your amnesia is caused by an inner revulsion to your true self. I can confirm my findings with a very simple test. Have you ever heard of word associations? No, sir. I don't join many clubs. <laughs> I'm referring to a psychopathological test. Or to try and put it more understandably, 
neurasthenic. You missed. <laughs> In any event, I will give you a word. You want to tell me the word you associate with it. Ready? Yes, sir. Black. Black. <laughs> Black? I thought you'd say white. We just met, Doctor. I don't want to start an argument with you. <laughs> It isn't an argument, it's a test. If I said boy, you'd say girl. Now do you understand? Yes, sir. All right. Chair. Thanks, but I've already got one. Chair is the word. You're supposed to say table. What's the matter with you? I'm sorry, sir. I'll try it again, son. Okay, try it again. <laughs> I am trying it again. Please listen. Son. I'm listening, Pop. <laughs> Son is the word I gave you. You're supposed to tell me the word it makes you think of. Oh, moon. <laughs> At last. You finally understand what I mean. Are you ready now? Yes, sir. Good. Bad. That isn't the word! <laughs> Sorry. I'll give you the word now. Table. Martin O'Malley. What has Martin O'Malley got to do with table? Well, he's a friend of mine from Hooperstown where I used to live. He was always under it. <laughs> well, so much for word associations. Yes, sir. In fact, for tests of all kinds. Young man, there is only one practical treatment for your condition. Hypnosis. Hypnosis? Yes. You will permit me to put you into an induced hypnotic trance, as distinguished from the one you're in now. <laughs> I believe I can reactivate your subconscious and restore your identity. You mean you're going to hypnotize me? Exactly, if you will permit it. Well, there is a fortune waiting for me, I hear. Go ahead. Very well. Now look deep into my eyes. That's it. You're getting drowsy. Your senses are becoming numb. You're falling asleep. Asleep. Sleep. Sleep. Hey, Doc, wake up! Huh? <laughs> oh. Pardon me. Sometimes it goes into reverse. Ah. Look into my eyes again. Deep into my eyes. You're getting drowsy. Languorous. That's it. You're falling asleep. Sleep. Sleep. You're now in a hypnotic state. Listen to me. You are not Dennis Day. I am not Dennis Day. Your name is Skylar Van Rensselaer. My name is Skylar Van Rensselaer. You are very rich. I'm loaded. <laughs> You're a playboy, mad about women. I'm a playboy, mad about women. You like to take a drink now and then. <laughs> when you awaken, you will go home, but remember nothing of Dennis Day. 
You will be Skylar Van Rensselaer, the playboy. And now, awaken. Five o'clock and still no sign of him, Poopsy. Are you sure the boy's all right? Of course he's all right, Herbert. Mr. Willoughby told me on the phone he'd send him to Dr. Allsberg, the psychiatrist. And you really think that he'll come back here thinking he's Skylar Van Rensselaer? I do. Well, if I know Dennis, there's a much better chance that Dr. Allsberg will go back to Vienna thinking he's Sigmund Freud. <laughs> You're always... Oh, that may be he. I'll go. Dennis! The name is Skylar, Shorty. Who are you? Why, why, don't you know me? I'm Herbert Anderson Glad to meet you, Herbie Is that all there is of you, or are you standing in a manhole? <laughs> My goodness gracious Oh, there you are, Dennis You're back Who's this character, Shorty? Your mother? <laughs> what? How dare you? Skip it, babe Babe? Uh, why, you never called me anything but Mrs. Anderson in your life Well, don't crowd your luck Well, how about a little snort, huh? Just a single scotch with a gin chaser for me I'm on the wagon (laughs) Mr. Van Rensselaer Mother, have you heard of... Oh, there you are Hiya, baby, let's neck (laughs) Dennis My name isn't Dennis, toots Just call me Castor Oil Castor Oil? Why? Because I'm bad medicine, toots Yahoo! (laughs) Get your coat on, kid We'll go for a drive in the park I don't want to drive in the park. You not only get a drive in the park with me, babe, you get a park in the drive. Mother! Mother, what's come over Dennis? Why, he's become a terrible ladies' man. Yes, sir. All I need now is a terrible lady. <laughs> How about you, Frizzletop? You busy? Frizzletop? Why, you've got... You've got... I've got $10 million. Uh... Uh, yes, you, you have, haven't you? Oh, forget it. This is the babe I'm interested in. What do you say, dollface? Oh, how could you be so awful? You ought to be ashamed. Now, don't race your motor, toots. I'm feeling give in if you're feeling give outy. <laughs> oh, you beast. Take this. Why, Mildred, Mr. and Mrs. Anderson, what, where, where am I? Uh Uh-oh, I think the enchanted hour is over (laughs) Why, you're home, Dennis What on earth happened to you? Gosh, I don't know The last I remember, I was in Dr. Altberg's office He hypnotized me Hypnotized you? Then you're not Skylar Van Rensselaer Oh, please, don't start that again I'm Dennis Day, honest I am Mildred, did I... Did I act funny? I should say you did And the things you had nerve enough to say to my mother Oh, golly, I'm going down to the doctor's office right now and tell him off plenty. And I'm going with you, Dennis. Are you going to tell him off too, Mr. Anderson? No, sir, I'm going down for a treatment. (laughs) Dennis Day will be back in just a moment with a song. But first, here's a fact worth knowing. Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And just how important that is, our Colgate players are here to demonstrate for you. As our curtain goes up, we find a policeman looking over a young boy who is sitting on a porch. Did you see that, Officer Cassidy? Did you see Mary slam that door? 
Jeepers, a fine thing when my girl puts out both the cat and me. Danny, if I hadn't seen it with my own eyes, I wouldn't be believing this. Might I be inquiring what's the charge? Well, that's what I don't know, Officer Cassidy. The girl won't talk. Why, I bet even the third degree wouldn't get a reason out of Mary. Well, now, I wonder if you're in the clear on a certain charge I'm thinking of, Danny. You know it could do you no harm to appear before your dentist may buy. And here's what Danny found out. Scientific tests have proved that in seven out of ten cases, Colgate Dental Cream instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, Colgate Dental Cream's safe polishing agent brings out the natural sparkle of your teeth, cleans them thoroughly and safely. Yes, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. And Colgate Dental Cream is famous for its wonderful wake-up flavor, too. In fact, nationwide tests of leading toothpastes prove that Colgate Dental Cream is preferred for flavor over other brands tested. So to clean your teeth thoroughly and safely for a wake-up flavor everyone enjoys, use Colgate Dental Cream. Remember, Colgate Dental Cream cleans your breath while it cleans your teeth. Here's Dennis Day and Charles Dance's beautiful arrangement of September Song. Sunday. And be sure and be with us again next week for another Dennis Day program. More songs, more adventures in the life of our star, Dennis Day. Meanwhile, be sure to use Colgate Dental Cream to clean your breath while you clean your teeth. It's new, it's amazingly different. Not a liquid, not a soap, but an utterly new cream shampoo that leaves hair soft, radiant, glamorous, and also easy to manage. It's Luster Cream Shampoo, created by Kay Dumit, who combined rich lanolin with secret ingredients. Use Luster Cream Shampoo and see how soft, 
How naturally lovely, how brilliantly alive and well-behaved your hair can be. Ask for Lustre Cream Shampoo at cosmetic counters. This is Vern Smith reminding you to stay tuned for the Mr. District Attorney program, which follows immediately. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. From Hollywood, Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath that's sweet and teeth that sparkle presents the Mel Blanc Show. Shopping. I've got to take it to Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. My percolator top is cracked. I've got to take it to Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. Oh, my stocking has a run in it. I've got to take it to Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. My wife's going to have a baby. i got to take her to Mel Blanc's... Uh, to the hospital! Colgate Tooth Powder for a breath that's sweet and teeth that sparkle brings you the Mel Blanc Show with Mary Jane Croft, Earl Ross, Joe Kearns, Zookie, Victor Miller and his orchestra... And as the star in his own fix-it shop, Mel Blank. <laughs> now let's pay a visit to the town where Mel Blank lives. It's like most towns in the United States, except for one thing. It's got Mel Blank, and that's what makes it a lot different. Well, let's drop in on Mel Blank in his fix-it shop. It's a bright, sunshiny day, and Mel is busily working away on something. Well, I sure straightened out that safety pin. Let's see now, what else is there? Well, good morning, Melvin. Oh, good morning, Mr. Cushing. Mel, how come you didn't show up at our last zebra meeting? Well, to tell you the truth, Mr. Cushing, I'm not very interested in the benevolent order of loyal zebras. Well, well, why, why not? After all, aren't you exalted ruler of the lower level? Exalted ruler of the lower level. All it means is I'm in charge of sweeping out the cellar. <laughs> it's okay for you. You're the mighty, supreme, mightiest, exalted ruler, potentate monarch, senior grade. <laughs> all right, all right. At our next meeting, I'll see about changing your title. Oh, uh, incidentally, we've got a new password. Yeah? What is it? Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. <laughs> ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga? Hmm. Well, what happened to the old one? Hi, mocha, sai, hungary, hibijibi, alligadabba, sweet cookie. <laughs> well, uh, you, uh, you know that new member we got, that 75-year-old Mr. Simpson? Yeah. Well, he tried to say it and developed lower plate wobble. <laughs> oh, too bad. I like the old one. I could say it faster than any other zebra. Oh, uh, what do you got in this white box, Mr. Cushing? In here? Oh, I've got Sally in here. Oh, isn't it kind of stuffy for her? <laughs> oh, no, no. No, Sally's the name of my fishing rod and reel. Here. Oh, gosh, I never heard of a man calling a fishing rod and reel Sally. Well, you should hear what I call her when she lets a big one get away. Hmm, <laughs> <laughs> looks like the reel is a little fouled up. Yes, well, that's why I brought her here, Mel. I want you to fix her up. You see, some of the boys at my real estate office have arranged a fishing trip at Lake Miniwasahaha. Oh, I'm okay, hungry, heebie-jeebie, I'll get a sweet cookie for... Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were giving me the password. <laughs> well, we've got to be very secretive about it because we've told our wives we're going on a business trip. Now, if they find out we're playing, uh, hooky, 
<laughs> well, you've seen my wife, Mrs. Cushing. Gosh, yes, I wouldn't want that to happen to me. Uh, what? Well, I mean, if she finds out about the fishing trip, she'd be awfully mad, and I wouldn't want that to happen. Yes, well, that's the idea. Now, another thing, Mel, I want you to go out to the lake and go over Mary Lou. Who's Mary Lou, Sally's sister? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. She's the trimmest little motorboat that ever took to water. I want you to check her from stem to stern. Aye, aye, sir. Uh, I mean, yes, sir. Well, that's fine. And remember, Mel, don't tell a soul. And if you do a good job, perhaps you'll be made exalted ruler of the upper region. Well, I don't like cleaning up the attic either. <laughs> well, but don't worry about the fishing trip. I won't tell a soul. That's good. You do a good job, and I'll use my influence to make you a big zebra. Gosh, thanks. Oh, uh, by the way, when do you want Sally? I, I mean the fishing rod. Well, uh, bring it to the corner of Market and Maple at six tonight. I don't want you coming to the office or the house. Okay, six with Sally, and after that, over to the lake for Mary Lou. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds like I'm taking care of a girl sorority. <laughs> Silly. Uh, oh, by the way, Mel, here's a picture of the boat Mary Lou, so you'll recognize her at the lake. Oh, fine, thanks. Well, so long, Melvin, my lad. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. Yeah, ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo. Ugga. Ugga, ugga, I don't know. I still like Heimel because I hungry heebie-jeebie. I'll get have a sweet cookie better. Ugga, ugga, boo. Huh. Hello, nephew. Oh, hello, uncle. Say, where have you been? Oh, I was upstairs conducting my experiments on quantitative analysis with liquids. Oh, you were experimenting with water? Water? Brrr, what a horrible word. <laughs> By the way, what were you discussing with that pompous real estate muckety-muck cushing? Oh, he's going on a fishing trip, and he doesn't want anyone to know about it. Imagine lying to your own wife. Despicable, my boy, but sometimes very necessary. I remember my I hope wife. I never have to lie to my girl, Betty. Hello, Mel. Oh, speak of the beautiful, and here she is. Hello, Betty. Mel, do you know what day this is? Yeah, Tuesday the 8th of October, and you sound like you're catching cold. <laughs> That's right. Five years ago today, you gave me my engagement ring. Gosh, it only seems like... Like five years. Remember how all the girls turned green with envy? Yeah, now the ring is the same color. <laughs> well, anyway, darling, I want you to come over for dinner tonight. We'll make it kind of special. Special? Yes, Father has promised to treat you like a human being. Gee, that will be kind of special. I'll be glad to come. Oh, uh, but, uh... But what, dear? Well, you see, I, uh... I have an important job to do, and it may take me all evening. Oh, Mel, and I was planning such a lovely dinner. Fish. Fish? Well, well that's nice, but, uh, well, you see, this is a big job, and I promised Well, that... I guess business should come first. Well, I'm terribly sorry, honey. Well, try to drop by for a minute anyhow, huh? Yeah, I will, honey. Okay, bye, dear. Bye. Oh, darn it. What is it, nephew? Oh, Betty wanted me to come over tonight, but I can't. Well... At least it'll make her father feel good. My lad, you shouldn't kowtow to Betty's father. I don't kowtow. I mean kowtow to him. As a matter of fact, I'm going over there tonight. And if he says one harsh word to me, you know what I'll do? What? I'll listen. Use Colgate tooth powder. Keep smiling just right. Use Colgate Tooth Powder. 
When a fellow is about to kiss a girl and doesn't, it's time for her to suspect she has a little breath of trouble. I mean, unpleasing breath. Don't let unpleasing breath jinx your popularity. Do this. Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name, Colgate Tooth Powder, with the accent on powder. Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate Tooth Powder. Well, Betty is disappointed that Mel can't have dinner with her on their fifth engagement anniversary. What Betty doesn't know is that she's playing second fiddle to a rod and reel Mel is secretly fixing for Mr. Cushing. Right now, Mel has dropped in for a few minutes at Betty's house. Hello, Betty. I thought I'd drop in for a minute. Oh, that's wonderful, Mel. Daddy Mel's here. Uh, <clears throat> <laughs> what did you say, Mr. Colby? Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, it is a nice day, isn't it? You know, Mel, Father was looking forward to this evening. He even promised to go to the movies with us. Gee, that would have been swell. We could have stopped by for a soda and walked home in the moonlight, sat on the porch and held hands. I didn't promise anything like that. Well, <laughs> oh, I mean Betty and me. You know, I gave up a date at the bowling alley for this, this anniversary. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Colby. I know you spend at least one night a week in the alley. What? <laughs> Uh, the bowling alley. Uh, Daddy, stop making Mel nervous. Honey, uh, tell me about this big job you've got tonight. Oh, uh, oh, the job? Uh, yeah. Well? Uh, I have a date to meet, uh, uh, uh Willie Johnson uh, about fixing a card table. Well, why should it take all evening to fix a card table? Well, after I fix it, we might have to play a few games to see if the table works. <laughs> oh, what are you talking about? Now, Daddy, let's not cross-examine Mel. Here, honey, here are some chocolate cookies I baked. Your favorites, all wrapped up for you. Gosh, thanks, Betty. Well, now I'd better go. Good night, Mr. Colby. <laughs> What'd you say, Mr. Colby? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is a nice day, isn't it? Well, goodbye, Betty. Goodbye, dear. Betty, come here. Did I hear Mel say he was going to see Willie Johnson? Yes, why? <laughs> That's funny. I met Mrs. Johnson at the market today, and she said her son Willie is in New York and is going to stay there. Yes, but Mel said... Uh, oh, I'll answer that. Hello. Oh, hello, Mel. Oh. Your uncle told me I'd find you at Betty's house. Now, just answer yes or no, because I don't want that big baboon Betty's father to catch on. Oh, okay. Well, now, listen. About our date, we have to change our plans. My wife gummed up the works. Very interesting. I mean, yeah. Uh, now, listen. My girl will pick you up on the corner of Market and Maple. And don't forget to bring Sally. Sally, eh? I mean, yes. Uh, anything else? No. Ugga, ugga, boo, ugga, boo, boo, ugga. Goodbye. <laughs> so that's the way things are. What was it, Father? Boy, was I right about that innocent-looking boyfriend of yours. Come on. Well, where are we going? The market in Maple. And if what I think is true, somebody's going to get an ugga, ugga, boo over his head. <laughs> there all alone. Huh? Oh, this is silly. Well, maybe it is. But we'll sit right here and see who he's waiting for. 
I don't think it will be Willie Johnson. I wonder what's keeping Mr. Cushing. Mmm, these cookies are good. Gosh, when it comes to sweet stuff, there's only one girl in the world for me. Oh, you hoo Are you, uh, you hooing me? Yes, come on over here and don't be so bashful. Well, look, I'm... I, I'm waiting for someone. Oh, come now. Come on over to the car. Well, yeah, but... That's better. Uh... Have a cookie? <laughs> I'm Grace, Mr. Cushing's secretary. Oh, and I thought... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not that kind of a girl. <laughs> That's good. I'm not that kind of a boy. <laughs> Mr. Cushing dropped by at the office, so I'm here to pick up his favorite fishing rod, Sally. Is it ready? Sure. Here you are. Oh, yes. And um, about that job on the boat, that can wait till tomorrow morning. Say, that's great. Uh, look, will you do me a favor? Drop me off at my girl's house? Of course. Get in. Good. I thought I wouldn't be able to see her tonight. Now maybe I can. Daddy, did you see that Mel and that girl? Willie Johnson's getting better looking every day. <laughs> Meeting girls on the corner and on our anniversary, too. Why, that, that fox. You mean wolf. No fox. They work faster. Lord, <laughs> I'm going to break every bone in that boy's body. Oh. Oh, now what are you sniffling about? I want you to do it. But I love those bones so much. Oh, Gosh, I feel like a heel lying to Betty last night. Well, I promised Mr. Cushing to keep it a secret. Oh, Melvin, my boy. Huh? Zuki wants to know if you need him today. Zuki? Say, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. What, nephew? I'm going to send Zuki out to Lake Miniwazahaha to fix that boat. Yes, sir, and I'm going to spend all day with Betty. After all, Zuki knows engines inside out. Yes, and it's a pity he leaves them that way. Oh, it's in and in and in and in. Nice working out here on, on, on the lake. In the shade of the old apple, it, 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 In the shade of the old apple, it, it, it. <laughs> Cocktails for two. <laughs> hey, uh, I like being on a, uh, on a boat. Yeah, I like the uh, water. This is it, this is it, sailing, sailing. Over the bee, over the bee, over the bee, over the bee, over the bee. Sailing, sailing, over the bee, over the bee. My stomach feels funny. Well, 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 sir. Hello. How are you getting on with that engine? I didn't expect Mel to send an assistant. Oh, oh, it's okay, Mr. Cushing. Uh, Listen, I'll uh, erase the motor. Uh, 120 horsepower. Uh, 80 horsepower. It's it, 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 20 horsepower. <laughs> One jackass. <laughs> well, now, now, hurry along. Hurry along. I want the Mary Lou to be right on the beam when the other boys get there. Oh, sure. I dream of genie with a light. I dream of genie with a light. 
And may all your Christmases be white. <laughs> left the shop looking for you this morning, Betty. Oh, he did, Uncle Rupert? Maybe that's him now. Would you answer it? Yeah, all right. Hello, Mel Blanks, fix the shop. Oh, uh, uh, Betty, this is, is the, is the, is the, is the, Yes, is, yes, is. what is it, Zookie? How, how'd you know it was me? <laughs> hey, uh, will you tell Mel uh, uh, that I did what he told me, and, and everything's all right now with him, uh, Mary Lou? Mary Lou. Oh, she she was ready to blow a gasket when I got here. <laughs> yeah, but, but now I got a purring like a kitten. Rookie, are you sure you know? Oh yes, uh, just the same. Mel had uh, better come out and see him, me, him, Mary Lou, the first chance he gets. Oh, goodbye. Rookie. Betty, my dear, what is it? First Sally, now Mary Lou. How many girls has he got? Oh, Betty, there must be some mistake. And I came here hoping I was wrong about him. Well, I never want to see him again, never. And you can tell him that, Uncle Nell, playing around with the women? Why, I'd never have thought it of him. Who does he think he is? Me? <laughs> Where the devil is that lad, anyway? Uh-oh. Here comes Dr. Crab, the dog doctor. Hello, Christopher. How's the good dog doctor today? Consultant veterinarian, if you don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> What's the matter with you? Keep telling you, there's nothing the matter with me. <laughs> Got a catch in my throat. Please, could I have a pan of water? Look, Christopher, we're having all sorts of trouble. I'm trying to locate Mel. And... Oh, I ran across Mel in the park while I was walking my little terrier. <laughs> you saw Mel? Where was he going? You know, I'm worried about that little terrier. She came down with the shingles. <laughs> How could she have gotten them shingles? Maybe she had a priority. <laughs> that is not a joke. <laughs> oh, see, Mel, fix that leash for me. How'd he do it? Oh, he just used a piece of tin. What? Tin, tin. Like in Rin Tin Tin. Oh, Rin Tin Tin. <laughs> oh, Uncle Rupert, what are you talking about? What girls? I don't know, my lad, but you'd better get over to Betty's house right away. Girls, girls, I don't know anything about girls. Well, I can't have a man-to-man -man talk with you now. Oh, but you know I don't have anything to do with girls. Except for Betty. I love her. So I don't think of her as a girl. <laughs> Nephew, I'd better take you aside and have a man-to-man -man talk with you right now. Oh, how did I get into a mess like this? The best thing for you to do, my lad, is pour your heart out to Betty. Tell her the only sin you've committed was that of being a man. I refuse to tell her any such lie. I mean... <laughs> Mel? Oh, Betty, what's the matter? As angry as I am for what you've done, I had to come down here. You know that silver-handled cane you gave my father for his birthday? Yes, and he never even used it. Well, he's going to use it now. He's coming down here to beat you up with it. Oh, he can't do that. Does he realize how much that cane costs? <laughs> oh, Betty, this is ridiculous. Is it ridiculous with Sally and Mary Lou? Oh, I haven't gone out with girls 
Sally is a fishing rod, and Mary Lou is a boat. Oh, Nell, if you think I believe that, you must take me for an idiot. Yeah, I mean, no. Oh, look, if you don't believe me, ask the boat. I mean, ask Mr. Cushing. It's his, Sally. I, I mean, it's, it's Mary Lou's fishing reel. It's... Oh, what am I saying? Melvin, here's that picture of the Mary Lou. Oh, the picture, that's wonderful. Uncle, you saved my life. Look, Betty, this will explain everything. This picture was taken when Mr. Cushing caught the biggest trout of the season. Huh? Yeah, that's Sally in his hand, the fishing rod. And you see the name on the boat? Mary Lou. What? Oh, that's what it does say. Oh, Mel. Oh, Daddy and I thought... <laughs> oh, Daddy. Mel Blank. Mr. Colby. Mr. Colby, why are you staring at me like that? I'm looking for a spot that has the most bones. <laughs> well, stop looking at my head. Oh. Young man, when I get through with you, you're going to be the most horrible-looking mess anybody ever saw. Well, that's nothing. You always say I look like that anyway. What? Come here, my boy. I'm not going to hurt you. No, no, no. Oh, you missed me. But I want this time. Please. Oh, Mr. Cushing, am I glad to see you. What's going on here? Somebody being initiated? Oh, boy, am I glad you came. Quick, tell Mr. Colby about Mary Lou and Sally before he kills me. Well, I don't know what all the trouble's about, but uh, Sally is my fishing rod and Mary Lou is my boat, which I asked Mel to fix for me. And a very fine job he did, too. Well, I'll be... Oh, Mel, why didn't you say so? Well, I couldn't tell you. I promised Mr. Cushing to keep it a secret. That's what caused this whole trouble. Oh, well, as a matter of fact, Mel, we didn't have to be secretive about the whole thing all along. What? No. It seems the trip was something the fellas arranged as a surprise party for me, and my wife was in on it all the time. She was. <laughs> yes. Mm. Uh, uh, Mel, why are you staring at me like that? Mel, mm. put down that cat. Mel, remember, I'm a zebra. Oh, go, go. Back in a minute with a Zookie Edge. Use Colgate tooth powder, keep smiling just right. Use it each morning and use it each night. Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate tooth powder. What makes a blonde suddenly less fond of a fellow? Well, often it's because he has a little breath of trouble. I mean, unpleasing breath. No man should let this breath of trouble mark him down socially. What to do? Brush your teeth night and morning and before every date with Colgate Tooth Powder. For Colgate Tooth Powder cleans your breath as it cleans your teeth. Yes, scientific tests have definitely proved that in seven cases out of ten, Colgate Tooth Powder instantly stops unpleasing breath that originates in the mouth. What's more, no dentifrice at any price cleans your teeth more quickly and thoroughly than Colgate Tooth Powder. Remember to buy it first thing. And remember the name, Colgate Tooth Powder, with the accent on powder. Don't take a chance with your romance. Use Colgate Tooth Powder. Well, we had quite a time when I tried to pull the wool over Betty's eyes. I hope it served as a lesson to you, Zuki. Yes, Zuki. Every experience has a moral. Just what did you learn? Well, uh, I learned that you should always uh, uh, speak the truth. Uh, tr uh, speak the truth. Uh, you should always speak the honest truth. Uh, tr uh, you should always speak the truth. <laughs> Silence is golden. This is Buddy's 
reminding you that Colgate Tea Powder for a breath that's sweet and teeth that sparkle brings you the Mel Blanc Show every Tuesday at this time. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday night for more fun with Mel and the people you'll meet in Mel Blanc's Fix-It Shop. Say hello to Halo Shampoo if you want naturally bright and beautiful hair. For Halo Shampoo contains no soap, therefore leaves no dulling soap film. Halo lets hair sparkle with natural brilliance. Even in hardest water, Halo makes oceans of rich, fragrant lather to quickly carry away loose dandruff and dirt. Halo needs no lemon or vinegar rinse. Say hello to Halo and goodbye to dulling soap film. Get Halo Shampoo at any cosmetic counter. The Mel Blanc Show was written by David Victor and Herb Little Jr. and was produced and directed by Joe Rhines. Ladies and gentlemen, your local community chests are out to raise the largest amount of money in their history. The funds will be used in wise, friendly, neighborly services for the handicapped, the helpless aged, the sick, and children in need. Please give as generously as you can to your community chest. You cannot support a worthier, more, more needed agency for welfare than your local community chest. This is CBS of the Columbia Broadcast.